Welcome to the Mix It Up Pharmacy Podcast. Hello, this is pharmacist Tara Thompson, and welcome to the Mix It Up Podcast, a show where we take you behind the counter to hear from experts in the field of pharmacy. Specifically, we talk to pharmacists who are stepping outside the box in the profession and showcasing their unique roles that pharmacists have as healthcare providers. A very exciting and interesting area of pharmacy that we'll talk about today is veterinary pharmacy and animal health. This is a $9 billion industry, y'all. This Vet meds are a $9 billion industry, um, not to mention 64% of all Americans have an animal at home. So definitely a cause worth talking about. And today we have an amazing veterinary pharmacist on the podcast today who will give us insight into the animal side of pharmacy. We've only ever talked about the human side of pharmacy on the podcast, so this should be so interesting and different. So today I want to introduce Dr. Natalie Young. Uh, while in graduate school, she realized that if you go to a traditional big box pharmacy, that the pharmacist behind the counter may not know how to care for your animal. Though no fault of their own, they haven't been educated in veterinary pharmacy. So from that point on, Natalie knew she had found her calling. Since earning her doctorate from UNC Chapel Hill School of Pharmacy and falling headfirst into veterinary pharmacy, she has blazed many new trails through the field and into veterinary medicine. So welcome, Dr. Natalie Young. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes, thank you. I always laugh when I hear like that intro because I'm like, that. there's so much more to that story. But yeah, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. This is such a unique area of pharmacy. I know we have pharmacists and healthcare, other healthcare providers and pharmacy students who listen, even some patients. So it's good to just showcase how veterinary pharmacy is a real area of medicine and pharmacists do real work in that area. So I just wanted to bring you on because I just thought it was so cool, the work that you're doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I also read online that pharmacists, fun fact, are the only healthcare providers that can care for both humans and animals. So yes. we're unique. <laughs> so tell us about your story. How did you get into this field of pharmacy? Did you think in pharmacy school, this is what you were going to do, or did you figure it out afterwards? Yeah, no, uh, absolutely not. That is, it, I didn't go to pharmacy school um, planning to do this. Um, honestly, after I graduated um, undergrad at Chapel Hill, go Heels, um, I, uh, I got my degree in chemistry. I was a chemist for a few years and I was a stay-at-home mom. And I think I was watching like Blue's Clues or Wonder Pets one day. I looked at my husband. I was like, nope, I cannot. I cannot take one more day. So went back to pharmacy school. Honestly, I, went, I was debating between that and med school. And um, med school just seemed like too big of a commitment as a mom. So um, pharmacy school interested me. I really thought I was just going to go work two or three days a week at like a big box chain and, and all of that. But my first year, I met uh, Gigi Davidson. So Gigi Davidson is probably one of the, if not the most famous veterinary pharmacist of, uh, of all time. Um, and she was talking to us and she she was talking about what the the veterinary pharmacists in the teaching hospitals do. So there are 30 uh, veterinary teaching hospitals and vet schools around the country. And I think all but one has an internal pharmacy. And um, 
you know, there's a couple of pharmacists that that's why you don't hear about us very often because there's not many of us. And so she was talking about what they do um, in these teaching hospitals and they do a ton of research, a ton of teaching. Um, they only provide the, the highest quality evidence-based compounds. Um, I mean, just the list goes on and on and on of how much they are the gold standard. And I started, you know, I, I was that, that student on rotation that was annoying everybody when they got a fluoxetine for a dog. I was like, well, how do you know that's right? And they said, well, I don't, Natalie, please just count the pills out. Um, but it really bothered me because, like you said, we are the one profession that is charged with taking care of all species. When we take our oath, when we graduate, that's what we commit to. And so, you know, when I when I was uh, I was at Target one day, actually, and I saw an ad where they were like they had an ad up with a picture of like a Great Dane and a Golden Retriever that looked just like my dog and um, a couple of other animals. And they said, well, we can take care of your animals. And I said, well, no, no, they can't because we're not trained to do this in pharmacy school. And yeah, I just, I saw what was happening outside of the veterinary teaching hospitals out in the community where we have 30,000 veterinary clinics. Um, I saw it as a tragedy waiting to happen um, because you know, once they leave, our veterinarians leave the veterinary teaching hospitals, they have no pharmacists they can rely on. So um, I was pretty much stuck on the fact that I wanted to not only be a veterinary pharmacist, but bring it out into the community. And that is um, what I've done. And that is what I'm continuing to do. I have my hands in no less than 30 roles right now because this field is growing like crazy. Um, and, and like I told you, when we were chatting just a minute ago before the podcast started. I'm, we're going to need other veterinary pharmacists for sure in the next two to three years because this is, this is about to boom. And uh, the one last thing I'll add about that is anyone that was paying attention to APHA's annual conference and what was happening in the House of Delegates, well, they... Uh, passed a policy change that defined patient to include human and non-human um, patients. Or, or, so animals were included in the defini definition of patients um, at the House of Delegates. So that was huge for all of us. So that definitely paves the way for so many things, including uh, education for all pharmacists. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's such good information about the House of Delegates. I did not know that. So that kind of is a game changer for our profession. And I mean, only opens up more opportunities for pharmacists to step into the role in the animal health sector. And um, what, so speaking of advanced training, you talked about how, you know, it it's worrisome because as a fellow compounding pharmacist, I know you are too, we get a script for an animal and it's like, we have to make sure that they have different anatomies. They have different, um, what drug breakdowns and, and physiology in their body and, um, what works in a human may not necessarily work in an animal. So as a pharmacist, we have to take all that into consideration and what preservatives and what excipients we can and cannot use. Is there any, um, advanced training programs or 
organizations out there that you would recommend someone who is interested in this field become involved with or take those courses or how does that work? Yeah, um, unfortunately, I, there there are some resources out there. There there's not a, a ton. Um, we are definitely working on that. Um, I can take a lot of pride at, at Carolina. We um, I don't know how many people are familiar with Dr. Um, Robert Shrewsbury, Bob Shrewsbury, but he's a legend in compounding, and he and I are working together to put out some good educational materials, and we're working with some other vet pharmacists to get that um, published online. Um, the other things anyone can do is there is the American College of Veterinary Pharmacists, ACVP. Um, I happily plug them. I'm the current president there, and they offer lots of good educations, um, webinars, conferences that give you tons of great information. Um, and then the other one is SVHP, so the Society of Veterinary Hospital Pharmacists, and they are also are a wealth of knowledge. So both groups, um, Honestly, almost everybody is a member of both that works in veterinary pharmacy because they both bring different things to the table. Um, SVHP actually brings um, a, a bunch of clinical information, which that is a huge growing field um, for us as veterinary pharmacists. I started several years ago um, conducting or building out a clinical program and conducting drug rounds each week with veterinary clinics. And that has just been a game changer. So every week I get paid to sit in rounds, not, not representing any company I work for, but just as their pharmacist. And as they're discussing cases, um, as they're discussing lab values, x-rays, everything, I'm sitting there listening out for the drug side of things. And so I provide them with... Um, you know, really unbiased information, but yes, this can be compounded. Yes, this is safe for an animal. No, this can't go in a transdermal, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so really, really building out the clinical side as well, which is progressive for all pharmacists, honestly. So um, SVHP will bring you that clinical knowledge you need. And, it, you know, it, just getting to know veterinary pharmacists um, that we're out there and, and, you know, joining forces with one that can help teach is great. Um, and then as far as um, postdoc, um, there are a couple of residencies around the country. Um, there's anywhere from three to five spots every year, which is not nearly enough. Um, but those are at the teaching hospitals. We need one out in the community. And, you know, in my uh, free time, I'm trying to work on the groundwork and the foundation for what that community veterinary pharmacy residency will look like um, and get that going at some point. So those are a couple of options. I love when pharmacists say free time. Yeah, right. It's like it's like, it's like in quotation marks, free time. Yes. <laughs> um, but thank you. Yeah, that I know there's one um, PGY1 veterinary residency at Texas A&M because that's where I did my undergrad and we did have pharmacist um, postdoc rotating through the Texas A&M vet school. So that is one that um, I, you know, saw firsthand that was really cool. And that was mainly for like equine. They did large animal equine and bovine. So 
Yeah, that's a new one. There's one at UC Davis, and then there's two spots right now, I believe, at NC State. Cool. Yeah, North Carolina is really kind of paving the way for a lot of that because of their their veterinary medicine college and also um, their pharmacy school, I guess, working in tandem. Yes. Yeah, we do a lot of work together. And a lot of that, like going back to Gigi, a lot of a lot of that Gigi started here. So veterinary pharmacy, there's a heavy presence here in North Carolina. That's awesome. I want to kind of talk about um, in, in human health or typically on the podcast, we talk so much about how pharmacists are such a big part of the healthcare team, the multidisciplinary team of providers. We talk about working alongside doctors to come up with appropriate, appropriate regimens and that type of thing for, for adult, for, um, human patients, but talk about how important it is your relationship with veterinarians or vet residents um, and how important it is for you as the drug expert for animal health to be a part of that team. Yeah, well, I I touched on that briefly when I was uh, talking about rounds. Um, So just like in pharmacy school, um, we don't get almost any veterinary exposure at the moment. Um, Same in vet school, they don't get a whole lot of of pharmacy education um, and definitely nothing on compounding. So to be able to work with a pharmacist, um, I think it is pretty big for them. Um, I've also worked in the veterinary clinics, been in the trenches there. had the cute puppy like throw up all over my like white lab coat and, and all of that. Um, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it makes, it makes a big difference when, you know, they're wondering why a lab value keeps coming back. Like a thyroid keeps coming back low. And then you as the pharmacist go look at the med profile and you're like, well, there's a drug interaction happening here. That's why. Um, and that's not something that they are, you know, trained to be thinking about, and we are. Um, Same with the compounds. You have to be really, really careful compounding for an animal because literally every single species uh, metabolizes drugs differently. Um, So making sure that a prime example I'll give you is that I see um, compounders do wrong all the time is itraconazole. So itraconazole suspension Um, If it is made from the bulk powder and you do not use the commercial product as your starting ingredient, it will not be bioavailable in an animal. And we have seen time and time again in species all the way from dogs to camels where therapeutic failure occurred because the compounder wasn't, wasn't educated in that. In the same regard, veterinarian wasn't educated in that. So someone you know, when the veterinarian needed a compounded itraconazole suspension, the pharmacist wasn't there to say, make sure it's not from the bulk powder. So um, that, that's a lot of the ways that we work, you know, we collaborate with veterinarians. I also, um, you know, again, quotations, free time, um, some new endeavors I'm taking on. Um, antimicrobial stewardship is near and dear to my heart. It's a big problem in veterinary medicine. And, you know, we, we're dealing with the food supply chain there too, um, in veterinary medicine. So there's a big movement 
to work with pharmacists and veterinarians to work for antimicrobial stewardship. And, and now I'm even starting to turn my attention to things like transitions of care from the veterinary teaching hospital out into the community. So it just tons of potential for collaboration. Yeah, and I think you you need some help. So <laughs> I'm looking. I'm accepting so, resumes. <laughs> yeah. If there's anyone listening that's um, interested, I'll let Natalie give her, her information at the end. Um, she can also kind of help point toward resources and um, joining these organizations. We'll link some of these organizations that she talked about earlier because um, definitely a really interesting area of pharmacy, especially for those who. Um, might have a heart for animals. And, you know, I know when I was in school, I was wondering if I should go to vet school um, or pharmacy school and ultimately chose pharmacy. But what a clash of two worlds that you could actually make happen um, if you're interested in it. So um, I, I have to ask, because I ask everybody that comes on the show, but um, what is the most unique patient case you've seen? Oh, I've got... I lot, but I will say the biggest one, um, one of my mentors, um, he, I call him the original OG. He was one of the very first veterinary pharmacists. Um, he's brilliant. He's retired, but I don't, he's still in the pharmacy all the time, but um, he had a bullfrog with leukemia and he developed a chemotherapy regimen um, that could just be put droplets on the back of the bullfrog and it worked and it helped cu- it helped cure the um, the well bring the bullfrog into remission um, because their skin it absorbs everything so it just took one little drop on the back and that was all that was needed so that's crazy to me so interesting wow um, my boss he always talks about a parrot that was one of his first patients and the parrot was losing his feathers and the veterinarian prescribed fluoxetine for depression or, or whatever it was. And um, we had to compound that. So we always talk about the parrot, but um, so many interesting, like you said, species of all kinds um, coming through. Um, and most of them I'm sure requiring a bit of research um, as to absorption and dosing and that type of thing. So definitely a field that um, there is lots to be learned, probably always, um, always learning, always educating yourself on different cases. So oh, every um, day, every day you learn something new. And, and Natalie, for our listeners, actually just recently did a um, farm talk for APHA um, in a, it was, it was all about special populations. So there were different speakers talking about the different populations that we um, service in pharmacy. And so Natalie did one on animals. So um, thank you for that. You can find that farm talk on APHA. So that was really neat to listen to too. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, we really, really appreciate your time here today. I know we're kind of, we're toeing the line of how much time we have, but I want you to tell our listeners um, or those out there who want to find you, how to find you. If you have a, um, I know you have a website and I know you actually also have a podcast. So um, tell us how to find you, get in contact with you, follow you, um, all the good things. Um, 
gosh, you can find me all over the place. I think uh, right now, my uh, of my my many roles, my my primary role is I am the director of Relo R E A L O um, Veterinary Pharmacy um, in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're a PCAB accredited sterile compounding pharmacy. Um, so. You can look on there to find out more about what a community veterinary pharmacy is. Um, you can, uh, you can, my online curriculum vitae, um, you can find it, you can find links to it there uh, if you're interested in some of the things I'm involved in. And you can always email me um, at natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, at relovetinaryphharmacy.com. Um, and, and that's a good way to get with me. And if you are interested in um, just hearing more about veterinary pharmacy while you're driving or running or whatever you're doing, um, yeah, I am one of the co-hosts of a podcast called the Veterinary Pharmacy Podcast. Very cool. Very, very cool. I love this. One podcaster to another, one pharmacist to another, one compounder to another. Yes. What next? Um <laughs> Thank you so much, Natalie, for being here. We're so um, encouraged by your by what you're doing in the pharmacy profession. We thank you for your dedication to your animal patients. Um, and we appreciate your transparency, sharing your story, sharing your resources, and sharing your information with us today. So thank you so much of for course. being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you to all of our listeners who joined us today. If you know anyone who can benefit from the conversation we've had, please share this podcast with them. It's available on all your local podcast channels, Apple, Spotify, Google, um, Stitcher. So you can continue to get updates and listen to the new episodes that we have coming down the line. So thank you again, Natalie, and we will see you all next time. Be well. This episode is brought to you by Innovation Compounding Pharmacy. If you're a healthcare provider, visit the Innovation Institute of Online Education and Training to access free on-demand webinars at www.innovationcompounding.com institute. If you have questions for a pharmacist, call 1-800-547-1399 to discuss today's topic. Also, Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and help others find us by giving us your rating on iTunes. As always, thank you for listening to the Mix It Up Pharmacy Podcast.